turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I found my goals being blocked this week. I don't like it when my goals are blocked. I had some simple goals. One was I was supposed to sign up one of my, uh, on an email list for one of my children's activities, and it took me four times of like trying, getting an access code, entering the access code, saying the access code didn't work four of those times, and then finally the access code worked, and it sent me, an, it sent me another notification and said, we're sorry, you cannot sign up. Our records show that you're under 13 years old. And um, so I, I am not very technologically good. I took it to, to someone um, and showed them, and their records showed that I was uh, 15 months old. And so that was pretty frustrating. Then um, I had another thing where I was supposed to print something to send with one of my, my kids back to, to one of their sports teams. And I was so proud of myself because I printed from my iPad and I go to the printer and the printer's like totally messed up. And I can't even figure that out. So it was just, it was a week like that, super hot week, our air conditioned breaks. And um, then I get one of those things from our school, the kid's school where it's like, you can't come to school unless you have this specific doctor's appointment. And I'm like, we, we actually don't need that. I know that we have. And then I go to make the appointment and it says, we can't give you the appointment for several weeks. And then you can't come to school. And you're like, ah! But to add insult to injury, our toilet broke. So that, that was, um, so my goals were being blocked this week. And uh, I hate it when, when goals are blocked. But one of the things I know, you know, as you, as you get older, sometimes when, when everything's just making you frustrated, you, you realize, okay, maybe I should stop and say, is there something with me? Like, is there something going on with me that I, that I need? And, and it reminded me of a lesson that God was trying to teach me this summer on a plane flight this summer. I had just this divine encounter that I don't, maybe I'll unpack some other time. But where God was really helping me understand, Robert, I want to give you a new life goal. I want to give you like a new life goal. And it comes out of this scripture in John 15. In John 15, if you'd open that with me, I want you to highlight some words in John 15. So if you have your Bible, open it up and underline. If you have your, your Bible app, open that up and you can use the highlight function on it. Jesus says this. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's, he's walked around the earth with them. Now he has them in the upper room and he's talking to his close friends and he says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because the word I've spoken to you remain in me. Can you say that with me church? remain in me. That's what I want you to highlight. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain 
in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, now remain in my love. If there's one word that I think we're supposed to pick up from these nine verses, it's the word remain. And so God has been giving me this this new life goal about what if, what if life is not just accomplishing my to-do list? What if life is not even about fulfilling my, my calling through my giftings? What if the main thing that Jesus is wanting as me as his friend is to learn moment by moment, hour by hour, second by second to remain? He just over and over again, remain, remain, remain in me and I also in you. This well-known sociologist, probably the most known American Christian sociologist, is named George Barna. And he's always doing these surveys. He's always doing polls. He's always coming out with these statistics for us to understand the state of the church or the state of Christianity. And so he did this interesting one. It came out in this, in this recent book that he had where he talks about the 100 million people who claim to be born again. So what does that mean? That means people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who understood he died on the cross for them and they can have a true relationship with him. These hundred million people. And he gives this staggering statistic that only 2% of that hundred million people, only 2% say that they actually would say of their lives that they've been transformed by Jesus. Only 2% of Christians would say they've actually been transformed, or maybe they'd say it this way, that their life is profoundly affected on a daily basis by their love relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, now to me, that's just shocking. That's appalling because the vision of our church is transforming lives to bless San Diego and planting churches to transform nations. And, and we believe the only way to see the world touched is if people's lives transform. And so it's concerning to me that only 2% of Christians would say, my life is actually transformed. Let me propose to you today that it's easy to enter into Jesus, but it's very challenging to remain. Well, here, here's the great news. Um, entering into Jesus is a gift. He died on the cross while you were at your worst. He did what was best. He gave his life. He paid for your sins, and if you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. The thief on the cross had lived a horrible life. He's dying next to Jesus. He calls on Jesus. He makes him his Lord, and he's saved. You are saved by grace. But Jesus says, it's so much more than that. He goes, I want you to remain in me. So I'm sitting in my, <clears throat> in my study, and I'm looking out my, my window of my house, and Something you need to know about me is I do my own gardening. I feel like uh, an actor saying I do my own stunts, right? I, I, well, and then when I say that, my, my boys actually help me. So uh, even though that's not completely true, but, but I'm looking and I'm frustrated because I'm seeing these branches and these leaves on the ground and they're, they're making the ground look ugly. And, and what I'm realizing is they're all dried and they're brittle. And when you pick them up, like when we, when we pick them up, I have to actually wear gloves because they'll poke you because they've gotten dry and brittle and they're ugly. And I wonder how much millions of Christians 
Instead of being that plump, juicy, greeny, moist leaf that when people interact with us, they bump into something dry and brittle and pokey and pointy and just kind of in the way because we're not remaining in the vine, in life-giving, union, receiving from Jesus. And so today my goal is to make you plump. Today my goal, because here's the thing, I think we're gonna continue to have our goals blocked in 2021, 2022. Like I'm an extreme optimist, but I can't tell you that things are gonna get easier but what I can tell you is that if you remain in him, if we change our goals, if our goal actually becomes less about just accomplishing all these little things on our to-do list and more about what Jesus kept saying, which was stay in me, abide in me, live in me, draw deeply from me, I wonder if we can't actually never be blocked from the ultimate goal. I want to have goals that no one can block. So um, the, the problem is we're not as much of an agrarian society anymore. I bet if we went around the room, not all of you is, are as daring as I am doing your own gardening. Um, so I was thinking, okay, what, what do we need that, that everyone can relate to? And maybe if Jesus was giving this parable, you know, instead of the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon in the parking lot, he would say something like this. Um, unless you stay plugged into me, right? We all have devices and we all know what it's like when our device starts running low or goes out and we're like, <gasps> he's saying, you are the iPhone and I am the plug. <laughs> and if a man stays plugged into me, his iPhone will never die. So here's what I wanna do today. I wanna talk for a minute because I actually want to say we need to be plugged into the right source. I want to tell you today what we need to unplug from and what we need to plug into. So let's talk about what we need to unplug from first because a lot of us are plugged in. A lot of Christians, there are these hundred million people that have encountered Jesus, but then they're saying they're, they're not being transformed. So what does that mean? That means they're not remaining because if you remain in Jesus, you're going to be transformed because his life is working through you continually. You know, because if you're remaining in Jesus, it affects how you talk. It affects how you feel. It affects what you see. It affects what you do. So, so we need to unplug from the world. Jesus talks about these enemies. The scripture talks about these enemies being the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, and so how do we unplug from them? I want to go through some things that we need to unplug from today that's going to help you learn to remain in Jesus. The first one, I encourage you to take notes. The first one is we need to unplug from people. Now here's a question, are people, are people evil? Are all people bad? You're like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just tell me. <laughs> I don't want to get this one wrong. Um, no, the, 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 the second part of the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love people as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. No, people aren't bad, but here's the problem. Some of us, we just are staying so constantly interacting that we never draw deeply from the love of God. So here's what we see in the model of Jesus who loves people more than anyone else. It says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house. 
wait, 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 Jesus, don't leave. Don't leave the disciples. And it says he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In order to give people God, you got to get away from them. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? If you really want to give people God, you got to take time where you get away from them and get God yourself. We've got to learn, we've got to recapture the gift and the practice of solitude. You've got to have good time away. A healthy marriage, a healthy friendship, you have to have good time where it's just you and that person connecting, learning, experiencing them. And so Jesus modeled this. Jesus modeled going away. And so you got to unplug from people. And let me just tell you, it's possible. You got to have places. You got to have what's called the hidden place. I have a couple of places that I'm not going to tell you about or it wouldn't be hidden. But where I go to get away from everyone else. And you're like, well, no, I can't do that. You know, I live in an apartment with roommates. No, no, no. I mean, when I lived in a dorm room with a th thousand other men, I would go into the closet and shut the door, like in my closet with all the stinky laundry around me, but at least I could be by myself, okay? And then when my roommate was in the room and, and even that didn't feel, I went and sat under a tree, right? Uh, you know, some of you moms are like, you know, yeah, right, impossible. I have my little kids around me. No, I love, I love the model uh, of John and Charles Wesley's mom who her husband was always gone and she had 12 kids. You know what she did? She took her apron and put it over her head. She went into the secret place, okay? Find your secret place. Find your hidden place. Unplug. You got to unplug from people. And there you meet with Jesus one-on-one -on -one and you draw life from him. Here's another thing to unplug from. Unplug from your phone. Oh, all of a sudden some of y'all look down. You're like, no, don't tell me that. Some of you are looking at your phone right now. Um, uh, you got to unplug your phone. And let me just tell you, you're, I, I love phones. I'm an extrovert. I love phone. I love talking to people. I love texting people. I'm not against phones. Phones are good. I'm not saying that phones are bad, right? It's, you can encourage people. You, I, love, I love having an iPhone. You have the Bible in your pocket all the time. I can have my Bible. So I'm not against phone. What I am against is it ruling your life. I'm, I'm against it always being in front of you so you actually miss Jesus. So let me ask you, do you have times where you are away from your phone? If you don't, I want to challenge you that you're not a maturing, growing disciple. If you're, if you're constantly dependent on your phone, then you are not dependent on the Lord. Some of us, man, every second, we're checking our phone, we're checking it. We're actually becoming addicted to the dopamine release of the likes or the games, or the constant information load, and you gotta put it down, okay? And if you're like, I can't do that, then you got a problem, right? And, and, and so we just start, like today, at the end of the service, have people pray for you, right? To be freed from your phone, right? And, and maybe even leave your phone at your seat when you come up, see if you can do it. Just pray for me. I left my phone in my chair, my poor phone, it's gonna be lonely, right? You can do it. But we got, we've got, can, we, can you have a moment where you're, you're, you're not getting any stimulation? Like, when's the last time you just sat and just sat there? And you're like, no, that's, that's impossible. No, it's not. 6,000 years, people stat, sat in places. You're like, but everyone else does it. You know, there's no one else not doing it. No, no, for 6,000 years, humans could sit and, and think 
There's a thing called thinking. Um, we got to unplug next from constant busyness. We got to unplug from constant busyness. If the enemy can't divert us, and you know, for most of you, the enemy is not going to destroy you by pulling you into Satanism. You know, you're not thinking like, you know, today, gosh, I was thinking about either going to the cult or going to church. And I, whew, that was a hard one. No, but he is, he's making you think like, what am I doing today? And what's the, what, what, and what, where am I going to lunch? And who am I going to? And then what am I going to do? And then how many things? And, and so we, 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 we don't just live in a restful state abiding in Jesus. And so we, we've got to unplug from the busyness. When's the last time you did this? Take a deep breath. Okay. Now some of you, if you were really honest, the last time you actually took a deep breath was last Sunday when Jonathan Lair, who was preaching, said, take a deep breath. We gotta have time to take a deep breath. When's the last time you just put down your phone and you just went for a walk? When's the last time you just sat and watched a sunset? I wanna tell you so much of why life is so stressful and frustrating is because we just keep piling on. We keep piling on. And I'm not against doing things. It's great to do. But we need to unplug from the busyness. Here's another one. Unplug from worldly ways of thinking. Unplug from worldly ways of of thinking. This is all adding to itself, right? If you just stay busy, you just keep thinking about everything in the world. If you're just always looking on your phone, you're just thinking about how this person looks or what they're accomplishing. And, you know, um, we've got to just unplug. If you don't stop, sometimes you just need to stop and think. Like, parents, we can get guilty of this, right? We're like, oh my gosh, my kid is not making straight A's. Oh my goodness, if they don't make straight A's, then they're not gonna have this certain GPA. If they're not gonna have this certain GPA, they're not gonna be in the top percentage of their class. If they're not in the top percentage of their class, they're not gonna get to go to the college that they, that they should. If they don't go to the college that they should, then they can't get the grade that they can. And then if, if they don't go to the college, and then they, they won't get the career, and if they don't get the career, then they're not gonna get the, the house in the safe place, and then they're gonna live in a place, and they're gonna be shot and die. And it's just not true. And, and, and furthermore, it's like, here's what, here's what Solomon says. Like in Ecclesiastes 2, he's like, I, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees. And I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing fruit trees. And, and, and he goes on to talk about all the things he owned and all the silver he amassed and all the things he did. And then at the end, he says, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. And so many of us, I mean, seriously, we're so freaked out about our kids not getting A's and they're in kindergarten, right? Or so many of us who were like, oh my gosh, what if I don't get that promotion? And I'm afraid we're gonna get to heaven and we're gonna get there and be like, oh, I was thinking about the wrong thing. I was totally focused. Like, who, who said I had to go to that college? Like. Who said I had to win that award? Who said I had to live in that neighborhood? Who said that I had to drive that car? Who said, right? I mean, who said I had to wear that shirt versus this shirt? We got to unplug. So we got to wake up. 
And someone's got to put down the phone and someone's got to take a deep breath and actually get some oxygen to our brain so we can realize, wait, maybe I'm thinking about the wrong stuff. And you get free. You just get free. So what do we need to do? We need to plug in. We need to unplug from the world and the flesh and the devil. We need to plug in to Jesus. We need to plug in to him. He says this, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Like, God made you to be a branch. But branches, branches, they don't have anything if they're not connected to the limb or the vine. So it says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Like, every one of us wants to have a, a, a fruitful life. We want to have a fulfilled life. We have a want a joyful life. But he says, like, it's not going to happen if you don't remain. If you don't, rem if you don't stay in me, it's not going to happen. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. And some of us, we just immediately start thinking, okay, fruit is the good things. Like, boom, I did this. Boom, I got this. Boom. You know, I don't know about you, but fruit, I don't just put up on a shelf and go like, that's good, that's pretty. No, I actually, I, I, I love fruit. Like, it's juicy, it's refreshing. A good, juicy, refreshing watermelon sounds really good right now. It's been chilled in the refrigerator, right? I, you savor, you enjoy, it satisfies, it fulfills. Let me talk to you about some of the fruit that maybe you haven't thought about of remaining in Jesus real quick. Number one, his tangible touch, like his tangible presence. I, I, I grew up in church, we never, I never heard a, a, a message, I never even heard a mention of the presence of Jesus. And then I, I started learning about prayer where you experience him. I remember the first time I was just sitting in my, my parents' living room. I was a teenager, and I, I just repented of my sins, and I let them go. And I opened up my hands, and I said, fill me, Holy Spirit. And then I freaked out because I actually felt his presence. Like for me, my, my, my growing up, it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And so when I started experiencing the Holy Spirit, I was freaked out because I actually felt some of you know what I'm talking about. I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. He wants you. Uh, um, this is why couples like to actually like, go out on a date instead of just write letters or instead of just talk on the phone because people like to touch each other. Like, I, have you ever held someone's hand? Have you ever had someone put their hand on your shoulder? You're like, that's cool. I like that. Right? Do you, how... Do you know that God thought of touch? Like he is the one, and in, in the Bible, if you start, I encourage you to do a study on this, on the presence of God. God wants to touch you with his presence. He wants you to experience him. And so there's been many times where I am fearful, but all of a sudden I just start going, okay, oh, you know what? I, I need Jesus, and I, I feel his touch. Or I am sad, and, 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 I, and, and then I start remaining in him, and I feel his touch. Or I am so just wiped out and burnt out, and then I remember Jesus, and I remain in him, and I feel his touch. I feel his presence in my body. It is something I want to live in moment by moment. Day by day, it is a gift to you as his follower. Here's another one, him speaking identity and affirmation. Here is another fruit 
of remaining. The world tells you that you're a loser. The world tells you that your own flesh, most people have a recurring recording in their mind saying you messed up, no one likes you, you're not worthy. But if you remain in Jesus, he is the good shepherd. He is the father. He's the father to the fatherless and he is constantly speaking, no, you are chosen, right? You, you, you mess up, you, you, you're trying to sign on to, to your kid's email group and they say, sorry, you can't, you're 13 years old, right? You're not even 13. And, I, and then you go into Jesus and he goes, no, son, you're 45. And I love you, he reminds you of the truth. No, you, you need to hear his truth. You need to hear your identity. You need to hear his love for you. You remain in him because the world is shouting at you. Some of us, all we hear is the voice of the news because we're always looking at the news. No, you need to hear good news. And you get that by remaining. Here's something else. When you, here's a fruit of remaining is his leadership, him leading you. So this week, in a week that goals were blocked and all kinds of frustration, I get an email from, from one of the kids' schools, and it was from a, a person at the school, and they said something that very much frustrated me. Like, it very frustrated me directly to me. And so, of course, I'm like, I'm going to tell them what I think. You don't mess with me. You know? And so I pull out my phone, and I'm about to do that, and then I went, no, remember, your goal is to remain in Jesus. So I remained, and of course, the Lord was like, don't send that, son. And 30 minutes later, when Robert came back, right, some of you know what I'm talking about, like all of a sudden, you come back, right? You come back, to, and I was like, I am so glad I did not send that. I am so thankful. But if I wouldn't have remained, I wouldn't have received the Lord's leadership. Don't just, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm gonna save a lot of you from a lot of pain. Don't just respond to your boss when you're frustrated. Don't just lash out at someone. Remain in Jesus. It will save you so much pain because he wants to lead us. Here's another one, the right things to pray for. The right things to pray for and then prayers being answered. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, I remember the first time I saw this phrase, I was a kid, uh, I, was, I was a preteen, I, I saw this phrase, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And I was learning about prayer as a kid and so I got real excited to ask whatever you wish. So I started asking, I had this prayer request, I started asking every day for a Ferrari. Because I was like, hey, God's big, he created the world, certainly he can give me a little Ferrari. It says, well, ask whatever you wish. And so I prayed it every night. And I would wake up and seriously, I'd open the blinds at my window and be surprised that there wasn't a Ferrari. Because I was like, it says ask whatever you wish. What I missed though, was the first part that says, if you remain in me. You see, I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer of a nine-year-old asking for a Ferrari, because I would have killed myself in that car. And if, if, if my parents wouldn't have let me drive it, then I would have at least had too big a head to fit through the door. I'm a nine-year-old with a Ferrari. That wouldn't have worked out well for me. But God didn't give it to me. Why? It was, it was not the right prayer. So many of us are like, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. 
let me, let me submit to you humbly that every week I'm writing down answers to prayers. I'm thanking God for the ways he's answering prayers. And now I've already admitted to you that I, I, I prayed prayers. I prayed a lot of prayers that haven't been answered. The key verse is this, remain in me. And my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish. Here's the thing. When you remain in Jesus, you start having your desires and your prayers start conforming to his. And you're going to see so many prayers answered. So the more you remain in him, the more he is going to even guide you into what to pray for. Man, if you got all the things you pray for, your life would be messed up. That's why he's not answering every prayer. So you remain in him, and he starts shaping your prayers, and man, you start seeing it. You are going, the more you remain in Jesus, here's what I found, the more you remain in him, the more answered prayers you see. You want to see answered prayers, you remain in him. So let me, let me finish this way. Let me give you some practices. How can we remain in him? I want to just give you some practical thoughts of how to remain in him. I'm going to put these up on the screen. You can write these down. Scripture memory. This is something Steph and I have just been, been every day looking at John 15. Stephanie's my wife, and she even, she even like made this cool little bookmark for us to memorize this. And so what I'm doing, so many of us, we hate, we, the battle for us is in our minds. Like we're always, we hate what's going on in our mind. We feel out of control. Let me tell you a great solution. Memorize scripture. And so when your mind, so, you know, so many of us, the reason we're always looking at our phone is what we, we hate what comes into our mind when we're not talking to the next person or we're not watching the next thing. So we just keep filling our mind. No, if you want peace, if you want joy in your mind, start memorizing scripture. And, and I, you don't even have to memorize whole pages of the Bible. Re, memorize things like remain in me as I also remain in you. I've just, I've just been working on that one phrase, and whenever my mind goes idle, I just say that one phrase over and over again. And I, can I just tell you, it's been so much more of a peaceful couple weeks for me. Memorize that scripture and just say it over and over again. Here's another one, thankfulness. The Bible says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thankfulness. Okay, so your mind goes idle, just start thanking the Lord. That's one of the things I, I, I love to do. Do you know that joyful people are thankful people? You want more joy in your life? Spend more time giving thanks. Try to have set aside times of the day where you're actually purposely giving thanks and see if it doesn't lift your spirits. Here's another one, praise. Praise, you just start telling God what you love about them. Whenever I'm taking my kids in the car to different places, we always just do this, this adore. We start with adore and we just start telling God what we love about them. Why? Because I want it to become a habit in our lives that we're just praising. Because when we do that, his presence comes. Here's another one, speaking in tongues. Okay, what a wonderful gift from the Spirit. If you don't have that, just ask for it. But if you're around my close friends for any amount of time, you'll just start hearing these strange languages going off. Why? Because they're determined to be with the Lord. It's one of the great ways to just pray continually. And the Bible says when you do that, it edifies yourself. And here's another one. Trisha Rhodes has been talking a lot about this processing with the Lord. So many of us feel like we have to be all religious when we come into the presence of God. But you know, you've got to have someone that you can tell everything to. And so when I come, into the, come to the Lord and, and I'm discouraged or I'm frustrated, I actually tell the Lord, God, here I am again. 
and I'm having a bad day, and this is why. And I tell him that, and he can handle it. And then you know what I do is I, I give it to him. I say, Lord, you say you're going to carry my burdens. You say your burden is easy, so I'm going to exchange mine and take yours. Let me read you one last verse. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as the Father, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Listen to this. Listen, 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 listen. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. What if the joy of Jesus was in you? Think of the happiest person you know. Think of the most joyful person you know. They pale in comparison to the joy of Jesus. And Jesus is saying this to you, okay? I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. And now listen to this. This is even crazier. And that your joy may be complete. Guys, I want complete joy. Don't you want complete joy? What's the secret to complete joy? It's remaining in Jesus. What if we shift our goals from all these other, these will fall in place, but what if you make your goal remaining in him? I tell you what, we will have a lot more joyful Christians. Why don't we stand up?